0: Hello and welcome to the third installment of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingber and I'm your host. Today with me is a former community manager turned back-end engineer at Six Wonder Kinder, Ryan Levesque, Um, and he's joining us from Florida right now, but he's usually located where Six Wonder Kinder is headquartered in Berlin. Welcome, Ryan, and for the people who don't know you, why don't you give yourself a brief introduction?
1: All right, well, um, I was originally born in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, and I moved to Florida when I was three and grew up there, went to high school in Florida, went to the University of Florida, and then right after graduating, I moved to Berlin um, to be a community manager for Six Wonder Kinder, and um, through a long and strange uh, series of events, I ended up becoming a programmer there, and that's what I currently do.
0: Great. So you're you're at 6 Wonder Kinder and I'm wondering what made you uh sort of change your path to becoming a developer. Like what what was the catalyst for you to first do that? Well, when I was in school,
1: uh, you know, studying, I I I was always looking for that thing that was my passion, something that would really you know, get my, my gears going in the morning, something that I would want to wake up to and, and really go to work, not because I had to, but because I wanted to. Um, and I kept on looking. I studied, like, six different things in college. Um, ended up landing on marketing because it was the, the practical thing to do, something in business, you know. At least I'll have a, a steady income. Um, but it was never something that I really wanted to do. Uh, and when I ended up going overseas, um, I was just not fully satisfied with the kind of work that I was doing. Um, When I got up in the morning, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I have to go to work now, and it was something that I I didn't want to do for the rest of my life, Um, so basically there were a a long and kind of strange series of events that happened that um, led me to, little by little, be able to dabble more and more into the engineering side of things, And at first, I wasn't convinced that this was something that I wanted to do either, but after a while, I started to realize, wow, this is something that I enjoy doing even in my free time. And um, uh, a couple months of of working um, as a community manager then led me to start working in quality assurance, testing our our applications, um, getting more hands-on experience with the developers, um, and one day I decided you know, I, I don't really like going to ask them to fix things. I want to try and fix things myself. So I taught myself little by little how to um, fix the problems that we we faced. And that just uh, pushed me down the rabbit hole, so to speak. And um, a couple months later, I was asking for uh, an internship within the company. And a couple months later after that, I was full time. So it just was a, a strange ride, but I somehow made it. <laughs>
0: Um, so from, ex- from my own experiences, I know that, uh, learning to program and to build things on the web is not the easiest of tasks. Um, you know, you, you mistype one little thing and it totally breaks everything and it's, it's sometimes almost defeating. And I'm wondering what keeps you motivated to continue learning? Cause obviously, even though you're currently a developer, you're obviously still learning and still building yeah. on your skills.
1: Oh man. It's, uh, for anybody that has gotten into computer science will we'll realize that it's just a huge world of, of fascinating things. And um, while it can be very frustrating at times because, like you said, you type one thing wrong and the whole thing doesn't work, once you start to realize that, um, you know, whatever you learn, you can do anything. Uh, you, we like to joke in the office that we're the, the modern-day wizards. Uh, we basically create magical, things with the the stroke of our fingertips and um, it's a really neat experience and once you get a taste of that once you see the first thing on the screen that you did um, the the little app that you built the little website that you built you it's kind of an addictive experience uh, and after a while you start to realize well what else can I do um, uh, I think one thing that was really a turning point for me was when I was doing a tutorial uh, on Ruby on Rails, which is the technology that we use at 6 Um I went through the tutorial, and by the end of it, realized that I had just built a Twitter clone. Um, and it was full, fully functioning. I could follow, I could use you know, subscribe to, to other people's uh, threads, I could Look at everything I could tweet out, and it was fully functioning Twitter that I had built um, you know only a couple of months into learning how to program and Once I did that, I was I was sold. I, I wanted to know how to build you know an operating system or build a computer itself and um, it, now I, I think it's just a, it's a enough nice motivation to keep me going for a, a long time
0: of course. Now, I'm wondering if, like, when you were learning, I'm assuming you you were still a community manager for a little bit of the time, and I'm wondering, did you, did you like, stick to a schedule of some sort that said, all right, from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. or whatever it is, I'm going to spend two hours every day learning um, development or something like that? Or was it kind of hodgepodge?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting. Um, I don't I... I don't know if I care to admit this, but after a while, it started to turn into a real addiction, Um, (laughs) and my learning kind of took over my life. Uh, When I wasn't, you know, out on a Friday night having a beer with friends, I was probably had my head in a computer or in a book somewhere learning. So it wasn't really having to set aside a schedule. It was any time that I was not doing something that I needed to do in order to live, like eat or go to work, Um, I I was learning. Um, that's That obviously slowed down after a while, but still i I, I try and um, keep to at least a couple of hours every single day um, where I sit down and read um, or sit down and code something, whether that 's on the train or at home or um, you know even during breaks at work, I will sit with coworkers and just discuss things um, it's it's really turned into something that I can 't get out of my head. And I just constantly want to keep learning more about. So, oh.
0: so I'm wondering. You, you talk about your colleagues a lot at uh, at Six Wonder Kinder, and I'm wondering, um, how did P- how did the development team there react to somebody from the marketing team being like, "Hey, I want to learn how to do this. I want to be, you know, I want, I want, I want to go down this path." Because I think a lot of people might be, you know, there might be a lot of people who are just scared to say that and scared to even ask to sort of. Uh, you know, bring that up?
1: Well, and if if anybody has worked with uh, developers or tried to start a business that needs developers, they know that um, it's an in-demand kind of job. There's never a shortage of work. So it was never like they were threatened by my presence there or anything like that. If anything, they thought, great, somebody can do the, you know, the menial tasks that I don't want to do. Um, and yeah, I'll shove off some of my, you know, less desirable work on the, on this guy while he's learning. Cause anything I was doing at the beginning was just the most exciting thing I had ever done. Um, and for these guys who had more experience, they were just like, Oh, I don't want to do this stuff. Let me, let me just give it to Ryan. Um, so they loved it. <laughs> Anytime I would go talk to them, uh, they would just be like, Oh, great. You know, what else do you want to know? They were really, really warm and receptive. And I, I owe, I owe everything that I have now to, to 6 Wonder Kinder in general and also to the development team there because they were just so warm and, and open to me. Well, anytime I wanted to know something, they were fine. When I started working on my first um, big project uh, that I was doing internally there, um, I remember I sat down with developers at the end of the day and we would take an hour or so just to look at my you know, really crappy code that I had written during the day to improve it and work on it um and so without them i don't know if i would be where i am today but uh it was it was really a huge help
0: that's really interesting that you talk about them in that way and it's so great that you had this built-in community to sort of help you out and really learn from um because when i've talked to a lot of developers um whether it was on the show or other self-taught people um a lot of people always go back to the um Go, go back to the community and how much the community has helped them, whether it's people on Facebook groups or on Stack Overflow. And I'm wondering if you ever sort of, instead of going to the people that were just around you, even though they were the most reliable, you ever uh, chose to ask a question on Stack Overflow or find somebody online that could help you? Um, because I find that the community of developers is so helpful. Um, and I just, I'm wondering if you ever tapped into that
1: absolutely absolutely I mean I was never afraid to go on Stack Overflow I still am not afraid I go on there probably a hundred times a day to look up something Um, and also, the, the Ruby community, which is the technology that I use uh, day in and day out in particular, is really, in general, quite warm and receptive. Uh, we have things like uh, Rails Girls, which is um, meant to help female, uh, up-and-coming female developers get into the development world. Um, stuff like that doesn't really exist in a lot of other communities, but... Um, And I often would go to our Ruby users group in Berlin and just talk to whoever I could talk to. Um, It's really important, and it's something that I struggled with at first, but it's really important to just not be afraid to be the newbie in the group. There's always going to be somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. So you know, if you feel like you're in that situation, don't be afraid to fill that role for a while. And after a while, you'll start to realize that... You know somebody else in the room has is now filling that situation, and you're the old crusty developer that has been doing this for a long time um I think it's it's been a real pleasure when I've been out at Ruby users groups and I've had other people come up to me and start asking me questions and I had this realization that wow i'm I'm no longer the one always asking the questions I'm now answering them as well uh which was really satisfying
0: yeah that that's that really is a fantastic feeling and i think I think a lot of people start to have those moments slowly. Um, I'm wondering, you talked about going to meetups and roles and stuff like that. I'm wondering, you know, um, if you could if you could give a recommendation to somebody who's just starting out as to what, if they're going to their first tech meetup, which I think going to meetups is probably one of the most important things you could do as somebody learning, because meeting people in the community is very important. Mm-hmm. But what piece of advice would you give to somebody going to their first meetup, like you know, go. You know, I went to my first one and I didn't know anybody there. And I'm I'm an outgoing person, so it was you know fairly easy for me to say, hey, I don't know you, but I want to you know, what do you do? You know, where do you work? All that kind of stuff. I'm trying to wonder like what advice you would give to somebody first going to their meetup.
1: Uh, I think the simplest piece of advice is to just not worry that you're that you don't know what you're doing. Um, go up to people, even if you're shy. I know it's tough. I'm kind of a shy person first as well but you have to just go up to people say, hey, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Teach me. Uh, And maybe in a little bit more of an elegant way than that. (laughs) But uh, if you say something that roughly translates to that, um, you'll be surprised how many people will be like, absolutely, what can I do to help? Um, And also, if there is, you know, that one person in the crowd that does turn you away or gives you the cold shoulder, don't let that get, you know, don't be discouraged by that. Um, There's always going to be, uh, I guess the haters out there that um, won't help you out with what you're doing. But for every one of those, there's a hundred that would be more than happy to to um, give you a helping hand. So um, if, if you're not an outgoing person, this is the time to kind of change that and push through and really try and just soak up as much information and meet as many people as possible because they will form the network that will really um, you know, be your teachers, mentors uh, in the future.
0: Um, in your, you wrote a blog post on the Six Wonder Kinder blog about how you how you learned and how you built these skills. And in it, you talk a little bit about uh, using some tools online. And I'm wondering um, what tools worked for you and what didn't. And more importantly, how did you figure out what tools you wanted to use? Because I think a lot of people learning on their own don't really understand that it's much different than going to school, and that you have mm-hmm. to figure out what. You have to figure out your learning style.
1: Absolutely. The thing with learning online is that um, it's not about a lack of resources. It's actually the opposite. Um, There's too much information out there. So you really have to be quite diligent about what you pick um, in order to learn. Um, And, to not be afraid to discover things that maybe don't have the biggest name out there. Um, there's uh, a website, Codecademy, which is, I think, really great. Um, it's wonderful that uh, Codecademy has kind of grown in popularity over the past year or so, and a lot of people you know, that have never thought about learning to program have gone to Codecademy to see what it's all about. I think that's wonderful because it's all about exposure, but it's really, for me, wasn't wasn't what I was looking for. It wasn't something that was really going to push me um, hard. It's a bit thin on the, um, when you go and try and learn there, there's not a ton there. What I like to, my personal style is to kind of just jump in the deep end um, and see where I don't drown myself uh, (laughs) and kind of start there. Um, And once I have a place where I'm like, okay, here I can, you know, sort of stay afloat a bit, um, then I kind of branch out from there um i've found personally that if i kind of go with the easy route to begin with i just kind of stay there and um i never kind of am able to to go down deep into into the material um i know a lot of people that wouldn't learn that way so I, I can't say that's a general recommendation but um don't be afraid to just try out 100 different things and uh find the one that you think will really push you to learn um it's not going to be a comfortable experience it's not going to be easy Um, If you find that it is easy, oh, learning to code is easy, then you're probably in the wrong place. Um, It should be challenging. Um, On the other hand, on the other end of that is if you find you don't understand a single thing, then you need to go back to something else as well. So it's all about finding kind of the happy medium uh, of of challenging material that that can push you. Um, And there's just so many different things out there for you to learn from. So I would recommend just kind of Going on to you know Stack Overflow or going on to you know Reddit, uh, subreddit programming or um, pick a language that you've heard of, JavaScript, Ruby, something. Just jump in and ask, hey, you know, what are some good uh, starting materials? And just soak up as much as you can.
0: Now, you also you when you started out, you had the opportunity. You knew that Ruby was the language to learn because language to learn for you because of your job and, you know, the company that you were at. Yeah. And I'm wondering if, if you didn't have that job, but you decided that you wanted to learn to program, is there another language you think you would have gone with? Like, would you have done front end instead of back end? Would you have done uh JavaScript instead of Ruby or PHP or something? You know, I, I just wonder if, if you didn't have that, if you didn't have Ruby as sort of, okay, I need to learn this for the job. If you would have chosen something else.
1: Well, I I will preface this with the fact that I am a huge language now, so I'm all about learning new languages. um, I'm trying to learn three at the same time, which is probably a bad thing, (laughs) Um, but I I definitely have dived into other languages besides Ruby. Um, And I feel, honestly, that I got really, really, really lucky because Ruby is both an extremely powerful language and also quite uh, beginner-friendly um a lot of times what scares people away from programming is kind of like you know surface level issues like syntax and things like that that once you get into the language don't really matter but ruby um kind of takes that all away from you know, it's a quite friendly looking language which was really nice um as a, as compared to c++ or something like that where you have all these different symbols and semicolons and curly braces same with javascript as well um, as far as go, whether to go server side or front end, um, for me personally, I just I did a little bit of both. I dabbled in my free time both in JavaScript and in Ruby, and I just found that you know while I like looking at, at UIs and seeing how apps look, and it's quite nice to critique them myself, I hate building them. <laughs> it's just a really tedious uh, thing that a lot of people do enjoy, but I do not. I'm more of a nerdy data driven kind of guy. And once I realized that, I was like, okay, well, I'm probably going to be on the server side for maybe forever. So Ruby was the, the way to go with that. Um, if you, on the other hand, just want to build beautiful things that feel great to interact with, then, I mean, there really is no better language than JavaScript um, for that. It's just, uh, it's to a fault almost, um, too beginner friendly, because you can really write some ugly, ugly code in JavaScript if you don't know what you're doing. Um, which is I've gotten to many debates with people about JavaScript uh, because of that point. But um, the thing is you you really can do a lot and not know what you're doing and kind of get the motivation up um, because you'll see after a while that you've created something that works um, even if you don't fully understand how, um, which is great. Yeah. Um, there are some languages that I would recommend against, um, definitely, uh, some stuff like I know a lot of times people teach uh, C and like beginning programming languages courses. And I don't know, um, C is a great language and it's it's a really old language that gets used quite a lot. Um, But there are some concepts in there that maybe you should um, tackle after you've kind of dived into one programming language. Like, you know, I don't really want to care about pointers and memory management when I'm first starting out. I'd rather just stay in what we call the domain level. Um, you know, I wanna get stuff done and Ruby and JavaScript are really great for that. Um, C is kind of more if you wanna build an operating system then go ahead and do that. And, and also on the other hand, there are um, really great languages like Haskell or Clojure which uh, form part of the functional programming language uh, family and is something that I'm super interested in but I would never uh, recommend for a beginner just because oftentimes the resources that, um, there are for those languages are geared towards developers already. I'm not saying that the languages themselves, um, prevent people from learning them from the beginning, but the resources that are built to teach them, uh, oftentimes do. So that, that would be my recommendation.
0: So you also talk about learning on the job, um, in the article and both in the interview that we're having now, um, and some people from the outside looking in, you know, might see this, you know, as a little weird because you, you know, you might not be immediately up to the task. So in your case, it's a little different because you were already working with the team for a while. But I'm wondering, uh, from somebody who hasn't worked with the team, you know, a development team yet, how much do you think someone needs to know before uh, setting out, you know, to to seek out a full time or some sort of development role? Oh, um,
1: well, I will say that, again, thank you to 6 Kinder because I definitely am lucky in that regard. I was able to, as you said, learn on the job, which many people oftentimes do not have that luxury, um, and I, I totally recognize that. But on the other hand, I said earlier that developers are super high in demand, so oftentimes people are more willing to give... Um, You know, beginning developers a chance where they wouldn't be willing to give, I don't know, a a finance expert who actually is just starting out, they wouldn't give them a chance because there's enough uh, experienced people to fill that role. Um, What I think you could certainly quite easily do if you're dedicated enough is spend six months learning more or less maybe full-time on your own, and you could easily get some kind of internship somewhere. Um, and that internship could very well easily uh, end up in a full-time job. Um, I know it's quite hard if you're working full-time already to then dedicate full-time to something else. There's only a limited number of hours in the week. Um, so maybe you have to spend a bit more time. But um, it also depends on how fast of a learner you are. Uh, um, I know somebody from uh, a friend of mine who spent about six months working full-time um, on learning, building her own projects. And she um, ended up after, I think it was six to eight months in an internship and now she's a full-time developer as well. Um, I would also recommend looking for any sort of programs that are out there. There's a ton of different programs for people that learn want to learn to code. Um, anything from the aforementioned Rails Girls, um, or there are other non-female specific programs out there for people that want to learn. Um, just do Google search anything. Sometimes there are whole programs that are just say, hey, give us, you know, six months of your time um, and we will teach you how to program and give you a job at the end. So um, it's certainly possible if you have the time, have the dedication, uh, and you're willing to put that in.
0: Okay. Um, so when you were first starting out, um, what... What roadblocks you know, like what was like the biggest hurdle you had to overcome, you know, in those first couple of weeks or months that you that you uh, look back on now and sort of laugh at?
1: Well that, the biggest roadblock was myself, um, honestly. Sometimes you're just sitting there and you go, I don't know what am what am I doing? Like I got a degree in marketing. What am I can't do this? Like, who am I kidding here? And you just kind of get down on yourself. You know, things maybe aren't going the the best. You're you're really stuck in a problem or something like that. And you just look out to the wider world of programming and realize there's just so much. How am I ever going to learn any of this? Um, and the, the definite key to that is just ignore yourself. Stop. Like, don't listen to yourself. Um, listen to me. You can do it. You can do it. It's really possible. Uh, if you just keep at it, keep on persevering, um, then... Then it will come around. Um, you you just have to get over the fact that there are going to be some tough days where you think I haven't learned anything, um, and you'll just realize that the next day you'll wake up and you will you know code something that you thought you couldn't at all. Um, so uh, don't listen to yourself on the down days, and do listen to yourself on the on the up days. That would be my advice.
0: Okay, what is the uh, what is your favorite thing uh, that you've built? Whether you know back end of it or something that you <laughs> produced, whether it was a side project or for Six Wonder Kinder, what what do you what do you most look back on and say, "Wow, this is something awesome that I did."
1: I think um, it was actually one of my projects that I I did at work when I was first really starting to to program. I was working in uh, QA quality assurance. And I was trying to build a system for automating our, our tests of our web application. And um, normally in QA, a lot of times, it's just a lot of clicking. And, you know, you're clicking around trying to find bugs yourself basically uh, by hand. And we have stories that we, that we user stories that we act out with our, with our mouses. And, you know, okay, this thing works, move on to the next thing. Um, and I was thinking, well, why can't we just automate that? So I was looking around for libraries and I found something that um, allowed me to write Ruby code that would control the browser in an automated way. And I first started out writing it in a very like script-like way, you know, step one, step two, step three, um, and then print out a result. And I was quite satisfied with that because it worked and it was great and it saved us a lot of time. Um, and then one day I decided, well, you know, I'm learning more, I might as well rewrite it. So I wrote it in a more modular way that was a little bit more reusable. Um, And, you know, again, it it worked at the end of that. Um, And then finally, at the end of that, I learned about something called object orientation, which um, is something that's very big in the programming world nowadays. And once I learned that, I said, well, I got to rewrite this thing in a more object-oriented way. And I rewrote it a third time. And it was really nice because it kind of, went right along with the way that I was learning things. It first started out very simple in a script like way, which is exactly what my like, you know, knowledge level was at the time. Then it went to a more modular sense and that's where I was in, in my learning. And then it went to the fully like fleshed out, metaprogrammed, object oriented, buzzword, buzzword type <laughs> project. And um that was that was really fantastic to see. It, it I've definitely written things that are much more complicated nowadays, but uh, nothing has brought me more satisfaction than when I built that. And uh, to be perfectly honest, we we don't use that anymore at 600 Gunner at all, and I have no problem with that because um it it was useful at the time. Um it, ta- it taught me a ton, so it was personally quite great. Um, and uh, it definitely led to a lot of things that, um, that we have now that we still use, which is wonderful. So um, it, that project uh, still is something that I look back at uh, with very fond eyes, um, and every time that I try and learn something new, I try and go about it in that way, kind of a step-by-step, don't be afraid to have to rewrite the whole thing type way because each time you rewrite it, you'll learn uh, a lot more.
0: That's really a fantastic way uh, to sort of explain the learning process, you know, and sort of start small, build something, and then learn something else, and then redo it and, you know, continue building on what you've learned. Um, So, uh, you know, in the last couple of minutes that we have together, I'm wondering, you know, the web is huge. There's so much out there, and sometimes as developers, we look at things and we're like, wow, I could do this so much better, or... Wow, I I can't believe this was the way they did it. I'm wondering if there's something you wish you could uh, rebuild uh, for the web. You know, is the, is there something out there that you say, um, you know, I can do this better or I can do this differently that might work better?
1: Well, I don't. I won't really want to point out specific projects because uh, people have put a lot of time in those things. But there are definitely times where I look at a library and I go, wow, like. I'm going to use this because I don't really have time to rewrite it. But, you know, this weekend I'll sit down and and rewrite it. And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, sometimes I try to, and then I never finish. Um, But, yeah, uh, what you don't realize is that we're still, after 50 years of writing software, really bad at it. So um, even a complete beginner can come in and say, this is just not good. Uh, I could do this better. And you'll be surprised how quickly you get to that point where you realize other people's stuff was probably built in a you know in a haste or um, has suffered through so many historical accidents of its development that now it's just a big pile of spaghetti. Um, and you will be able to step back and say, okay, well let me take it from square one, rewrite it, and um, and it will be so much better. Um, I often think of that with. Even bigger things like Ruby on Rails. If I would, if I were to rewrite Rails, how, how would I do it? Um, I won't do it probably because Rails has been in development now for what eight years or something like that. So I don't really have that time. But um, it, it is it is funny that uh, there's all these smart people out there that are writing really great software, but they still make mistakes that um, somebody with as little experience as myself can can definitely improve on.
0: Okay. And so you're now, you're now, you now work full-time as a developer and, you know, you seem to love what you do. I wonder if you could just take a minute and go back to that first time you were, you were setting out on this path. And if you could talk to yourself then, uh, what single piece of advice, uh, would you give to yourself as you were just setting out, um, sort of for the people who are just setting out?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. There's so many things I would want to tell myself. uh, <laughs> You know that's part of the part of the learning experience is it's learning from mistakes and and learning different things that you you know you don't know when you set out and you have to just discover them on your own. Um, But I definitely think that the one thing that I keep repeating today is something that I would give to myself is just to not be afraid. Um, You know, oftentimes I sit down at a at my computer and I want to write something. Um, I have an idea or something like that, and I go, I'll wait. I don't really know where to begin. And I kind of tense up and I'm scared because I think, oh, you know, I should know this. I'm I'm a developer. I should be able to build something like this. And you don't realize that oftentimes a lot of people, you know, feel that way when they sit down. They get the kind of initial writer's block. And then you just have to keep thinking about it. Don't be afraid to stretch your mind. And eventually something will come to you that you can build upon. Um, The worst thing that you can do is go, eh, I'm not experienced enough to do that. I don't know how to do that. You know, work diligently at proving to yourself that you can't do it. And oftentimes you'll prove to yourself that you can. Um, And I think that's something that everybody that's learning to learn anything should realize. Uh, Don't be afraid to just do, do, do until you physically cannot do it anymore.
0: All right, Ryan, I want to thank, before we close, I want to ask you, Uh, where can, uh, listeners find you on the internet? You know, Twitter, your personal website, that kind of stuff. Uh,
1: let's see on Twitter. Um, I'm itchy ankles and don't ask why I'm itchy ankles. Uh,
0: that's a whole nother show.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole nother show. Uh, on GitHub, I'm Rylev, R-Y-L-E-V. Um, let's see, I have a GitHub, um, based blog that I have which is I believe itchy ankles.github.io slash words um, and if you want I can send you all this as well um, so yeah just reach out to me I guess the best place is really Twitter uh, I'm, I'm often on there so send me a message and if you have um, any if anybody needs any advice don't be afraid to reach out I, I love helping um, newcomers to the community.
0: Well, Ryan, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, thank you. It's, been thank a pl- you. it's been a pleasure to speak to you um, and learn from you and learn how you learned. And your offer to listeners to uh, be a resource is fantastic. And I you know I know how much the community thanks you and welcomes that. Uh, once again, this is How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingbert. You can follow us at Hold a Pencil on Twitter or at www.howtoholdapencil.com. Subscribe and rate on iTunes if you have a moment. Um, And we appreciate it, and see you next week.